Just a quick note, this was recorded prior to the social distancing measures and lockdown that are currently in place, just to let you know that. So uh, that's why I was with Ben and this is prior to everything else, which is why it's not mentioned. Let's get into it. Felix Leiter's In The House, the podcast about DJs, what they do and who they are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, DJs and DJs of the future, this episode of the podcast is supported by Doing the Damage, the only DJ pool focused exclusively on house and dance music, supplying the best remixes, bootlegs, mashups and exclusive promos from their global network of DJs, producers and labels. Check it out now at doingthedamage.com. You can check out more episodes of this podcast, including chats with James Hype, PBH, Louis Dunmore, Hannah Lang and Kathy Mambo's Ryan McDermott and many more on iTunes, Spotify or Mixcloud. Simply search Felix Leiter in the house. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a five star review and some kind words on iTunes. Also, why not spread the love and pass the pod on to a fellow DJ or music lover? Just grab a link from the podcast and stick it in some group chats or slide into those DMs. In this episode, I talk to Ben Hemsley about his fast-rising career in dance music. Ben is hilarious and brutally honest with his advice and experience in the industry so far. This episode is a great listen for anyone interested in starting to produce music. Ben has some fantastic advice and unique insights into his own way of working. I love chatting to Ben. He's a great guy and a great example of how hard work and a dedication to your craft can really pay off. So let's get into it. Felix Leiter's In The House, the podcast about DJs, what they do and who they are. Live today in Ben Hemsley's little studio. How are you doing, mate? I am, Sam. How are it's you? It's absolutely wicked, this. I love this. It's in, like... In fact, no, I won't give it away in case someone comes and robs it. <laughs> but That's it's a thing to bar the state as well. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, but it's uh, no, it's cool. Got a nice little nice little setup. He's just played his um, new bits on. I forgot how KRK sounded. Like, just <laughs> make everything sound wicked. Um, but we'll start where we'll always start, which is what are your first memories of music who was playing it where was it was it mum and dad was it like brothers and sisters what what was memories oh it was definitely my mum we used to go on like long drives down the coast and uh, she would always have like all the trance CDs on it was either like a trance compilation like a ministry of sound thing or it was either Eminem so I had like a mix of like hip hop and trance growing up so that's why you hear a lot of trance in these sets probably and a bit of hip hop sampling them all the time right but i mainly just trance because i like i remember my earliest memories of like enjoying music was like should have like a tape or cd in the corner be like all oh, right if i go to track seven it'll be f- when i was there well i'm not going now because i know i was about to, but it would be like uh, oh, you can swear, yeah, yeah, yeah. firewire cosmic gate yeah and uh, like that would always come on and i'd be like oh i know which i still remember which, which numbers track, aye, numbers sorry I'm like that with bonkers CDs. <laughs> <laughs> I know which one was Paradise and Dreams. I'm like, uh, stay number three. <laughs> no, but I've, like, I just I remember my favourite one was Mashup Euphoria, and it's mixed by the Cut Up Boys or something. Okay. That was a good one. I think that was, that wasn't that Dave Pierce's like, CD series? E- Euphoria, Euphoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then different people. Then mixed, he had the like... Trans Anthems 2008. That was a good one. I remember that. And oh. do you remember like the first like bit of music that was like yours, like like like, like a CD or like, did you have a CD or did you get a bit of vinyl or was it, or was it all digital? Like, do you remember the first? Oh, time? the first one, like the vinyl I bought. Yeah, or like, or the first bit of like, as a kid, like, did oh, you did God. you did you buy something or were you given something or like? Because sometimes it, that wasn't the case, but no. Well, for me, I've got like the reason I started DJing was like so embarrassing. Like, I was one of them kids who wanted like, I was like, oh, I want to be a boxer, and I was like, I want to play football, and I was like, shit at everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just, I was not meant for sport whatsoever. <laughs> But uh, I was like, right, mum, I'm going to be a DJ. And she's like, right, you've got... So what sort of age is this? Uh, I think I was 13. Okay. So I was like, oh, well, I've got... Um, I've got £400, like, saved up, like, from me life. Yeah. £400 in my name. So uh, she was like, why don't you... <laughs> 13 years and got 400 credits. Good, sound. More than I've got now. <laughs> I remember watching on YouTube and, like, DJ tutorials before I even got me decks. So I uh, saved up and had these, like, minis- uh, got these Ministry of Sound, sound belt drives. Wow. Like, so you actually got, you got the turntables? Yeah, yeah. And about, but they were, like, I knew 
nothing about DJing, right? And I didn't even know he needed vinyl. <laughs> so I thought I was going to be able to make tunes just on a bloody fucking empty... So you got a pair of uh, like belt drives and thought that was it. <laughs> uh, done, sorry. I thought I could make tunes from it, but luckily the night I got them, my brother came in with like uh, two Makina vinyls, and I think it was Newton Streamline. Okay. And uh, they had like face... Your brother? Yeah. So my... is, he, is he an older brother or younger? Yeah, younger. Uh, older, sorry. Yeah. Uh, five years older. So we came in with these two vinyls. I think one was like a Tony Phobia record and one was a bass down ass up and a remix of Streamline on the back, I think. I think I've still got them in there. So uh, was, he, was, he, was he a DJ or was he just a DJ? No, no, he just knew, like, because he's right. been around with his friends at the time who had decks and but I was like, no, no, you can still use them without vinyl. So I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing whatsoever. So was he quite? Was he a big influence on you? Like, was he going? Oh, was, was he going to like? Would he been going to New Monkey or like? Would he been going to like Makina stuff? Or the only thing that you could find like round town at that time was like Makina vinyls, like the all the trans right. vinyls that you okay. find were like shit. So it wasn't that like he was massively into it or anything? Oh uh, no, but he came. He came home once and says showed me my man the video of uh, Tiesto's in concert two thousand and four or something. Yeah. And he was like, oh, uh, I want to be in that crowd. And I was like, fuck that, I want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck that, I want to be Tiesto. Uh, so I was like, uh, he actually played my tune like a year ago and that was like the happiest I've ever been because obviously he's stalkers of him. Yeah. But I was uh, him coming home, showing us that video and I was like, right, I want to do that. But luckily I'm still doing it, not like boxing or football. Or I, think it's, I think it's funny the thing you say about Tiesto as well because it's like, I think we all, I'll put words in everyone else's mouth, but I think we all like see... Testo is a bit of a caricature of himself now. And yeah. like, I don't think we all... I think we take him seriously for what he's done. But yeah. maybe where he is now has changed it a bit. But every DJ yeah. I know, and that was a saying when he played like my Levels remix or whatever, every uh, DJ I know, I, balls, as man. soon as he plays it on like a uh, live like, everyone's like, Testo played it. <laughs> 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 well, I was checking the 1001 track list, so I was like, oh, I wonder who's been playing it. Because this is even before I had my first release, and it was like... Um, what track was it? Uh, Caress Me. Oh, it was like, like, okay, pre-release though. Like, I don't, yeah. don't even know how he got it. I was like, well, fucking fair play. Yeah. He's was it on his radio show? After Hours or something, like the way he goes a little bit. Yeah. Techno. Yeah. Techno. But I... I had, uh, I, did, I did like a, I did like a, ra- a, a mix for Sanchez's radio show like, uh-huh. years ago. And at the start, like he just basically introduces my bit and I clicked it off and had it as like my ringtone for ages because it just sounded so cool Roger Sanchez saying my name I was like he's the coolest man in the world and oh god that would be good like he's legend isn't he but um, alright so cool so you've got some so your brother's got you some Makina records yeah did you then go and can you remember the first vinyl you bought oh yeah it's, uh, it's uh, not Tiesto's a Dadjo for Strings it's the Willie Morbit remix okay that was the first one I bought and I bought it online and then uh, I had like I still didn't know what I was doing, so I was like mixing fucking William Orbit with fucking Swedish House Mafia. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I remember I got the, um, I think it was the one vinyl, like Swedish House Mafia 1, of like the Congo Rock remix on yeah. the back. But yeah, I was like, I didn't, still didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing. Luckily, track that came about, like the time code and stuff, not long after, so. It's such a good feeling though, like, I, I miss it, like, I ordered a second hand, like, Actually, it was a second under that JX thing just because I wanted it. But like, yeah. it's still a great feeling getting that big brown cardboard uh, square yeah. and like uh, taking. A, and I know it's, I'm not like, oh, it was better. It wasn't better, but it's just it is a nice feeling yeah. like taking. Like getting record. excited for it to come as yeah, well. Yeah, and then it comes and you take it out and put it on <laughs> the decks and you're like, yes, this is mint. Um, so all right, so then, so you so you, you so you had those. How long? Did, so how did you even build up like a big vinyl collection with those? I had more drives? than that. Right, I had a so lot you, more than so that. So you were on belt drives for a while. Yeah, well, now I got direct drives eventually. All right. But uh, it wasn't like, it wasn't even Technics. I can't remember what they were. But I sold them eventually when, because I went through like from the age of like thirteen or fifteen, I was just aging in my room. My friends would come round and MC over the top because when I was going into town, I'd get ten pound pocket money. Yeah, I'd go into town. I'd go into like uh, oh, what's that one? Reflex. Yeah, as a call in town. I'd go in the there. You go down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, next to Green. No, no, next to Green. Oh, you've won. Right, uh, yeah, that, yeah. that was um, what was that called again? Oh. God. I'll find out. Uh, but yeah, I know which one you mean. That's going to annoy us, that. But, um, so I'd go into Reflex sometimes with my grandma. She'd have to wait. <laughs> you could get, like, free records for a tenner, but there'd always be, like, Makina, Scouse House. Yeah. So, like, I was, I was for three years, I was literally just mixing Makina, Scouse House and Trance. And then every now and then I'd try and put three shells off your one in. <laughs> but, um... And then so you're DJing. So you, to be fair, like, and it's not a, a, a it's just not criticism cross, it isn't. But I mean, it's someone of your like generation, really. Even to start on decks is relatively yeah. unusual. So to like to be DJing on decks for like three years is like quite a long time. Yeah. Really. So you kind of by the time you you got your, your direct drives, you were 
pretty decent on turntables. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Like I could, I could still go back to it. But yeah, I mean, oh, so you were good then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did like, you ever play out on, on turntables? Oh no, I was, I was still sixteen. Like right, at okay. this point, when I, by the time I stopped using the turntables, I was sixteen. Like I've still got one there, but that's just for if I'm going to rip something. Yeah, hardly do. sample. Uh, well, <laughs> 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 but um, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't think it's been turned on in about two years. It's not even mine, that one. I think it's Mike Robson's. It's in good nick. Uh, I've got, yeah, I've got mine too. But, uh, I shouldn't say the name, I should have. But, uh, I. And then, what did I do? Oh, the, I had the time code, man. That saved us. Because I was sick of spending me pocket money. I couldn't go out like, on the weekends with my friends. Yeah. So the time code was... So did you get Tractor with, with, with um, the vinyl turn, time codes? Uh, so, did you start, did yeah. you, so did you start using Tractor on 1210s? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it wasn't on the 1210s. It was on the... Oh, just direct drives. Yeah, I've still got the Audio 10 there. Yeah. But I was just the Audio 10 and then... And then I eventually got two, I think, with Gemini CDJ 600s. They were shit. <laughs> they were absolutely shit. I, I, like, I, I remember I, like, I was leaning across, like, to plug them in. The elbow fell through them straight away. I was like, oh, God. Oh, I, so when was the first time... So you've been DJing in, in like, in your house. with your mates come around doing MC in. Yeah. Can you remember the first time that you did, like, a gig, like... Out of the house, like was it? To, was it a house party? Was it like a? Like a do you remember the first time you took your stuff somewhere, or you played on someone else's stuff? Um, yeah, uh, when I was, I think I was fifteen at the time. Actually, I did DJ out uh, in Whitley Bay. There was a place called the Trojan Rooms at the time. Nice. And I, I, I ran the own under 18s event. Nice. So that was uh, that was the first time. And I, I like, bet it was. I bet it, I bet it did really well. Oh, I did it so well, <laughs> man. And then it was like. Uh, I was going into school though, and I was like carrying around like loads of cash, and my teachers like can't be doing that, and then. I was like, why? I'm making money. And like, it just doesn't work like that. But I was like, it was class, man. I was like, what? I made about 400 quid or something. Amazing. But I put that in the next event, like the second one that we we're going to do. And then Whitley Bay, because of the first event, because there was some trouble outside, like some kids spat on a bouncer or something. Like Whitley Bay, and there was like loads of fights. Whitley Bay lost the under-18s license or something, so they couldn't like do events there anymore. So you only did one? Yeah. No, the thing is, that lives in legend though, doesn't it? I know, but I lost all the deposits for all <laughs> oh, of that stuff. Because you debunked like... But, and I took everyone's money. So everyone like in school was saying, oh, you ripped off, you ripped off. And I was like, I didn't. I really didn't. I've lost the money. Well, that's exactly what Ultra are doing right now. You and Ultra? Yeah, right. I should go and work before. Just just so then when was it? So, so you did that one gig. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the next one you said sort of got, got a bit cancelled. At this point in time, are you like, are you like, your head's just like, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like, yeah. I'm going to be a DJ. 100%. I'm like, fuck everything else. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah, like at that point, like, I was still in school and I, was, I wasn't turning up for exams and shit because I was that confident. I was like, turn up for exams, by the way, because just if Yeah, you know. definitely. 100%, 100% do because I try to get the music in uh, college. It is <laughs> awful though because it's that thing where you're like, you're doing really well now. So it sounds like not doing your exams is probably a good idea. And just concentrating on music, but uh, there's plenty of maybe other people who aren't maybe doing quite as well as you. No, no, <laughs> you should uh, always believe yourself. Like, but you got to uh, definitely do your exams because then, like, I nearly didn't get into do my music course after because I'd failed right. English. Oh, well, that's a good point. So, so, yeah. so, so, then, so, so at this point, you you haven't have you started production yet? Oh yeah, I start production. Well, I start production like after I learned that you can't make tunes on like like right. on decks. So <laughs> super early. Like, like, yeah, I started like uh, probably about fourteen. Wow. And then, uh, what was the first bit of software you got? Fruity Loops. My right. f- one of my friends. It was absolutely obviously like, you paid for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everyone got, does it. Yeah. It must be a fortune. There must be millionaires. Those Fruity Loops guys. Nah, man, bloody hell. <laughs> but I got the uh, I got that Fruity Loops, and I was still like, actually, no, I wasn't. I did buy my first bit of software. Okay. I went into town with my birthday money, and I I went uh, what's it on down the bank in town. It's a music shop still there now. PMT. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, I went in there and I was like, oh, what bit of software should I get like for a beginner? Yeah. They gave us a fucking reason. Jesus. I know. And I was fucking... And how much was that? Like 300 quid? Yeah, it was like, all my birthday money gone. But I was like... Uh, and I think out of all of them, reason is the hardest yes, to it's, use. it's modular, so they're like, plugging shit in. <laughs> I think they just wanted money. I was like... <laughs> Little bastards. I know. I, I hope that So you literally... So you spent a fortune on reason... Yeah, and, like and had and then you opened I, it up and just like what the fuck is I, this? I, I, after a month, I quit Shit. production because I was like, I can't do this. But then I think about fourteen, fifteen, my friend, I got I bought Fruity Loops. Yeah, but um, yeah, you got Fruity Loops. Yeah, and then uh, after that, I was just thinking, and did you find I still got the first which, tune which, on is, me. which is a really good point to be fair for anyone listening who hasn't who hasn't got into production who might be wanting to. Did you find Fruity Loops a lot easier and a lot more intuitive to just get going on? 
Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Because I said there was more out there tutorial wise as right. well. Because I was like at that point, it was like the when like you t- YouTube tutorials for music production were first getting like made. Yeah, and there was a lot more on Fruity Loops than there was in Reason. Even like uh, like forums on the internet, like there was a lot more to read about. Yeah. Like Reason set out like a actual studio, so you have to like wire stuff in, like an old school yeah, studio. Yeah, so yeah. I was like nah. Whereas, like, Fruity Loops is just like anything else, like Logic or Ableton, where you can just yeah. drag in a silent or whatever you were using at the time and, like, layer it straight away. And there was, like, so many projects, like FLPs, I think, were, like, the Fruity Loops projects that you could just download and see how people done stuff. Yeah. So that was uh, helpful. Did you ever use, like, have you ever used Ableton, like, since? Like, have you used Ableton? Oh, I use Ableton now. Right, cause not, so my now. question was going to be, like, if someone's thinking about getting into it, because like, I've never used Fruity Loops, right? Mm-hmm. I use Ableton, like, all day, every day. I make mixes on it. I put ideas on it. I do all my, like, sampling and read time. I've just spent the last yesterday, like, warping a disc, like, with disco records and everything. But uh-huh. I, I've never used Fruity Loops, but I use um, Ableton for all that kind of stuff. And then when I go in the studio and work with engineers, we tend to use, like, Logic. And I've yeah. got Logic as well, but I tend to put all my ideas in Ableton. I don't like new logic. Like. But my, so I'm going to ask you, like, advice-wise, if, if someone's listening and they just want to get started, they've never done anything production-wise, obviously they're going to purchase the software, but if, yeah. they, just, if they just want to get started, what would you? What would your advice be now? Would it be Fruity Loops or would it be Ableton? Oh, God. That's a, I would get trials for both. Okay. Try just trials for one. both and then see, like, you'll see a car start off with tutorials and stuff. I would definitely just get both of them. I would try Logic as well if you've got Apple, like a Mac. Yeah. And then uh, see what which... do you, What do you think is the difference is? Like, what do you... Workflow, man. It's literally just <laughs> workflow, I think. I, I don't think there's any benefit. I think I could get the same sounds I do out of Ableton on Fruity Loops. Yeah. But I, I, I like the Ableton workflow more. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because there's different, like, engineers that I work with and, and mix and master engineers and stuff. Like, same, like, like Colin, <coughs> I would give you, like, a shout out to, to Houseworks. Like, but he, like, I was like, oh, do you use Ableton? He was like, I don't use Ableton. He was like, I guarantee you I can do anything on Logic oh, yeah, <laughs> that anyone can. can do on Ableton. And it's just like, so yeah, you make a good point, yeah. which is just workflow and how I guess you see the door, like how you see it and how you interact with it, like how your brain interacts yeah. with it. Well, I, I, I went through this, like, I think it was between the ages of 16 and 18. I went through this switching. Yeah. Like for six months I was using um, Logic, then I'd go to Ableton, okay. then back Logic. But I ended uh, like, I mean, Brain's like very needs like stimulated constantly. So okay. if I was doing like the same, looking at the same screen, okay, all the time, okay, yeah. Especially at that age, I'm not like that anymore. I'm yeah. solely like Ableton all the way now. Yeah. But I was switching just because I was like, I got bored of like looking at the same layout, and that's the only reason I was switching. Because but I was good at both. Like I could, I knew how uh, the ins and outs of Logic and the ins and out. And uh, at the time, I was in college of doing that, so I had to use Logic in college. Okay, so there's two two like stems there that I want to stems. I want to talk to you about. One is we'll just take a step back, and you were saying like about um, about the exams. Maybe it's not doing as tried as maybe as hard as you might have done. But yeah. at the time, you had in your head that you wanted to go and do a music course. Yeah. What course was that? And like, and talk us through like. Oh God, I would. Uh, I don't want to say this because I love me tutors and they did learn us a lot, but I do <coughs> not recommend doing a music production course. I don't think it's well. I don't want to. I don't want to give that advice out in case someone like doesn't. Mark Lennon's do already given that same advice in this podcast. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be too worried about it. But like, it's, if, you think it, music... if you think it will benefit you, then do it. But like, I went in and I did not learn a thing unless yeah. I had a question to ask. Yeah. Like I never went in there and said, "Oh, this is how you do this." Cause I'm not like being talking about like I knew everything. What you did because you spent three or four years. Yeah, and I think the quickest way <laughs> to learn is just you have to do it at home. And yeah. like, cause that's the way you can take any information from everything. Like YouTube is so like accessible, like yeah. with every single thing you need to know about production. Yeah. And just time. That's all it takes. I, I would, I struggled with money throughout that part of my life as well. Cause I went to university after the college course and did the same course. So, so, so you did, so you did, did you do music production at Newcastle College? Yeah. And would, uh, people have told me in the past it's quite based around live music and live music recording. And yeah, live... it was like half and half. Right. But like. And then what did you go and do after that course then? Like music. Music, like, it was like music, but I could do it, like, program everything and, like, write everything on Okay, where did you do that? Uh, it was a Newcastle University course at Newcastle College. Oh, cool. But and did you find that better? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go in, man. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going in, because okay. I, I was like, I would do the work. Like, I would completely do the work. Because you found it easy, because you were learning so much. Yeah, I didn't have to go in, because I wasn't learning anything. But my tutors were really good producers, so if I was like, how would I do this sound? I could, they would help us. And the thing is, the one thing I do give advice for, 
is if you if you want a hundred percent time, like all the time in the world to do music, and you need that time, and you can live off a student loan, yeah. then do a course because then you can just even if you go into the uni, you can just spend all day making music. And That's like, great advice if if you have the self discipline not to just get wrecked all the time. Yeah, <laughs> so I shouldn't have been there. <laughs> but no, I think it's, I think that point is really pointing advice, and, and I did a podcast with, with Mark Maitland like. Uh, wait, what, nearly a year ago now. Mm-hmm. He said exactly the same stuff. He was like, if anyone doesn't know, Mark's now a really good mix and oh, nice engineer. class. I'm sure yeah. he did like that lost frequency. Yeah, he does, does lots of for our stuff. But he said the same thing. He was like, I did the course, didn't really get much out of it, and basically I just locked myself in a room yeah. with with you know whatever uh, Ableton or Logic and just YouTube that you know watching YouTube tutorials. Yeah, and just it's it's like anything else. I, mean, I, I would say the same for DJ. Like I worked out recently. I've done like over ten thousand hours of DJing in that digital. Mix. Yeah. and it's just like but it's like there's that level of like and you must have probably spent 10,000 probably even more 10,000 hours of producing yeah. now and it's that just that level of fucking time <laughs> that just gets you places like uh, it's, it is. It's, it's a horrible all... bit of advice because it seems like <laughs> a long way away but start yeah, now the just... thing is so you've got to enjoy it yeah like I, I would say like there's so many kids now especially now like I think we're at the worst era of like upcoming DJs because especially even the production techniques that people are learning now yeah. are not going to be transferable when this genre dies. Yeah. I'm lucky when I started learning, I, like, I was learning, like, I was learning how to make dubstep, trans. Uh, well, that was my next question, really, which was when you first started, and this will lead on to what you're yeah. saying, what were you making? So when you first got Fruity Loops and you were watching down uh, tutorials and you were downloading um, projects and stuff, what were you making? What were you learning? <laughs> or was it just everything? Remixes or? of Bass Hunter. Right, okay. <laughs> I, was, I, was, like, I was downloading all the MIDI files. Yeah. Because Bass Hunter, I was like, it was like around about time, and now you're gone. And like stuff like that, and that's what all my friends are listening to. So I was like, oh, I want to impress my friends with like stuff I make. So I was just yeah. downloading the MIDI files and like recreating, slightly things. changing it. Yeah, <laughs> get the super saw and putting the bass on the MIDI in. That's yeah. all I was doing. So that's why I still do now. <laughs> <laughs> just download some MIDI and slightly change it. But I got uh, after that, like I started getting. I think it was about sixteen. This is when I like started reading. Like, right, I want to like get actually good at production. And this is kind of when you start in the college course. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like influenced by like Scream, yeah. uh, Dead Mouse. I had like weird inspirations, still like the old Tiesto stuff. Yeah. So I was making everything really, but like at the like sixteen, seventeen, it was like ADM, or, like the start of ADM when ADM was becoming ADM. Yeah. So it was like, uh, who would I? What track would I like use in reference to this? I think it was like I would just say Dead Mouse albums and or yeah, yeah. or like uh, Skrillex just came about. Yeah. I know it's like quite commercial, but that's what I was into when I was quite young. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I was because of, like the production in their songs, man, was yeah, hard. Yeah. So I was like, I was learning that. But now these kids who are learning and just trying to make these tech house yeah. tunes. The production levels are, aren't always that same level. To yeah. Fair. And then they're not going to be um, <clears throat> as transferable. No, not at all. I don't, I think when this dies, which it will, well, this sound of it. Well, everything's. Is... We, we've had this conversation before, really. Everything's cyclical, anyway. So yeah. like, things will always move. Do you yeah. know what I mean, in, in in dance music, especially, you look at the history of it. Everything has always just gone in yeah, a exactly. huge, big circle. So I think uh, these kids are gonna like should be like even now. Like I um, spend one day a week making a different genre. Like okay. I'll do, like I'll do like an orchestra track, like a classical track, or like I'll look like a I'll turn the volume down on like a movie scene and I like, try and redo. That's they all try and like make something new, yeah. And I try to make myself do that at least once a week, just so I'm like learning new things still. Because you, you, do you go through like the same process of like looking at watching a tutorial and like kind of, or do you just kind of try and copy something? Or uh, so I'm, if you're doing like, sorry, just because I think it's a really interesting point. This I've never heard anyone else say it. Like, so say if you're doing the movie thing, right? Yeah. Do you just literally mute a bit of movie and try and put sounds to it, or do you like do you go into it and research it, or like? Uh, I think I've like uh, I'll. If I'm struggling with something, like the only thing I really struggle with is like if I need a contact library or something. Right. So I'll be like best brass ensemble for yeah. in yeah. contact. But like uh, one of the like strongest parts, like accolades of like my music, is like I'm quite good at like melody and chords. Yeah. So but like I hate my music at the minute because I can't incorporate where with, with, with mu- music as, as much as, as you, I want as you would like. To, yeah. Because if I do, it's like labels won't be interested because yeah. that's just the sound at the minute. Yeah. But uh, that's why it's good to do this because then I can feel like I'm expressing myself a little bit yeah. more than just making a club banger. Did you have any m- m- like 
classical, not classical, but did you have any musical training as far as chords and chord progressions mm. and keys and stuff like that? Oh, if- I self-taught a bit of piano. Okay. So I can play a bit of piano. Like I, I, I would get, if I got graded, I would feel 100%. Like yeah. I've got like so many bad habits as well. But um, I used to have a piano here. Okay. But it's at me flat now. But um, but as a producer, would you tend to draw your notes in? Like, uh, no, no. I'd try like maybe. I'd, maybe I start the bass notes and then I like do okay. chords on the top over like, like on the keyboard. Or okay, something. so you would play some stuff. You would play physically play some yeah, stuff on, yeah, like, on, on the keyboard. Yeah. Cool. I do it on the. Uh, have a push too now as well. Okay. I like doing that because I'm like one of them people who really just end up playing the same chords and melody over and over and like you know like uh, what's it called muscle memory or something. Yeah, yeah. You just end up doing the same shit all over, over and over. Yeah, and being in the same key. And yeah, like exactly. Same key. I'm yeah. always in the F sharp. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got this push. So I don't know what I'm pressing. I'm just tapping random things. That's cool. But it's just trial and error, and that's I think that's anyone like who has listened to music for like a, quite a bit of time and like been making music for quite a bit of time. Like, I have some friends go, and like, how do I, how do you make your chords, like, write your chords in melody? And I'm like, it's literally trial and error. Like, that doesn't work, so I'm going to go here. Yeah. That doesn't work, so I'm going to go here. And they're like, oh, but I can't do it. And I was like, you can't, because you've just said to me, you want to go up. You're just moving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's up and down. I see, I find it's, I I can't, like, I try to teach myself some piano, and I I really found it it difficult, and it it wasn't something that I, you know, my, to my detriment, didn't continue with enough. Mm. But I would draw stuff in and just like move it around. Yeah, exactly. And then I mean, we were literally doing it the other day, and we were moving stuff around, and we were like, "Oh, is that?" And we were like, oh, "It's a bit discordant," but we we're like, "Oh, that's kind of cool, actually." Yeah. Like, and so it's you know, happy mistakes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and you just sort of get that 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 bar, and you put your four in, and you just sort of move it around, and you elongate that out to yeah. like you know longer bits. And so it's yeah, it, it, it is trial and error. But so interestingly, like, <coughs> would you like? Because interesting, you sort of said. You got those first decks, and you thought you'd be able to make make music on them. No, no, but I'm not. That's not my <laughs> no, point. That's funny. But, yeah, but, my, but my point is, is like I'm not sure if you, and you might not even have known this at the time. But did you want to? Be, did you think being a DJ, you made music, or did you know you wanted to make music more than DJ, or did you know you wanted to DJ I more could, than? I thought you could make music on decks. Right. So, so you can't. So, but that's. But like, and I know you like say that's a silly point. I don't think it is a silly point because where you are now, I think it's phenomenally like relevant, which is the fact that you basically wanted to make music yeah. whilst playing it to people. Yeah. I want to. I want to do live. Yeah, which is kind of yeah. like the dead mouse thing, yeah. anyway, in in a sense. Yeah. Um, so was was so, but you you never really like so DJ wise, I'm interested in like <clears throat> while you were at college and stuff. Were you were you DJing? Were you were you getting paid to DJ? Were oh, you trying no. to get DJ gigs, or were you just focused on making music? No, well, actually, I was, I was like sixteen, like in college. I was sixteen to eighteen. Yeah, I wasn't old enough to DJ in clubs yet, and yeah. I, did, I didn't really have any like DJ friends. Yeah, like I wasn't networking as much as I should. Yeah, well, mesh, you can't yeah, really. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remember just like turning up the clubs and like watching people like yourself and like Anakin. Like that's Mark, isn't it? Yeah. I turned up like going to electric cars and like sneaking in obviously. <laughs> so this is when you sort of like seventeen, top end seventeen, <clears throat> yeah. maybe even top end trip stream. But, yeah. <laughs> but yes. don't worry, no one knew about. It. I was just yeah. like, I was big idea. I'm yeah, get locked up for that now. <laughs> but um, I was uh, coming to watch yous and like it was class, man. I, they, they, I loved digital back then. Yeah, I loved it. Like, so was that some of your like first experiences of like our clubs? Of, yeah, of clubs it was like the only club I went to was digital right. till okay. I was eighteen. Okay, but I was a. Uh, and then like, DJ wise, like when we used, because obviously you're banging at production. You're in college. You, you yeah. Playing, when like did you, were you getting more and more gigs? Or has that never been no. the that's never been the I focus? Got, the focus was making records. Got my first gig last year. Joking. Uh huh. That's, that's mad. I don't know. Uh, well, was it 2018? But yeah, yeah, but, but, not, yeah, yeah. but not long ago. Basically, yeah. Like, yeah. Like a couple, so you weren't because I find that interesting. So you weren't like. You weren't like gigging on a weekly basis, no. like being because the only way I could have got that is because I wanted to get bookings through my music. I didn't yeah. want to go and lick someone's ass to yeah. get like you know what I mean. Like I didn't want to go and be like, "Oh, can I play here?" And like, yeah, I did, but I didn't get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pretend I didn't try, yeah. but uh, I uh, like that one. I just wasn't for me. I was like a little bit of a geek as well. Like I like locking me in. I think it's super interesting because, like, on this podcast, I think so far you're probably the first person that's been like that. So yeah. even like, and a lot like, obviously a lot of people know you from your music. Mm-hmm. Even though a lot of people on this podcast, people might know from music like James Hype and stuff. Yeah. You know, James Hype had done a lot of DJing before he, he had a record out or even before he was putting bootlegs out and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think that's interesting. And like what you've said is, is super interesting. Like were you, were you like, when did you start to like, when did you start to put music 
out. I don't mean like release it on a label, but I mean like when can you remember like getting a SoundCloud account? Can you like can you remember the first things that you were like putting on it? Yeah, they were like they were awful. Like and they got like twelve players or something. <laughs> like they like they were just so bad. But SoundCloud was ultimately what I got assigned. Right. I released Crest Me for free. Yeah. Like not the download, but like it was streamable on SoundCloud. So yeah, so, we'll, so we'll, we'll, let's just talk about then. So let's talk about Crest Me. Like so, um, let's talk about like as a whole. Ex- like experience, yeah. So from from what was the original? Because I love that record, right? That I DJ Flavors thing, man. Like, I used to dance it when I was I felt like bad, 16. Like doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love DJ Flavors. But anyway, because it was one of those, and it must happen to you as well, right? Which was like when I heard it, I was like, "Fuck, why didn't I do that?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I love that vocal. So just talk us through, like, from the like the the, the inception of the idea. Right through like the production phase, right, right through like <laughs> releasing it for free, right through then what happened next? Uh, I had I remember what CD it was on. Like I said, it's one of my old mum's mum's old CDs, and yeah. I couldn't I didn't know the track name, but I remember it was on the first Clubland CD. Okay, so I went on YouTube and I was like, "What track was it?" I went through the full track list and I found it. I was like, "Right," and I was like, "Search for the acapella." I couldn't, but then I found out it was a sample of the Joey Negro yeah. Pasha One Kiss record. Yeah. So I was like, "Right," I chopped it up exactly the same. And then I had it for about... Did you have to speed it up to get it to sound the same? Like, did you have to pitch it up? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah I think it's a pitch for like two semitones. Yeah. I think mine's like one more than the... Yeah, than, one the, the, than the DJ, DJ Flavors. Yeah. Um, so I got that. <clears throat> Are you doing this in Ableton? Yeah, yeah, I did okay. in Ableton, yeah. Cool. But I had I had no idea for it. I was like, I don't have one. And then uh, I was on the piano one day and I went... Duh, 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 duh. And I started doing the Just Give Me a little thing just over in my head. Right? And I was like, oh, this is going to work. So I put it in. So how long? Because I love this. I love like telling people the, the, like, the time period from between the yeah. idea to it getting released. So how long have you had between getting this little bit of sample cut up on your Ableton mm. before you even then playing the piano? Are we talking days, weeks, hours, oh, months? Months. Right. <laughs> but then after I got that bass line, I wrote the record in 30 minutes. Yeah. So it was like the foot, like even the master and the mix, is, like is the one that's out now. It took us thirty minutes, right? Or like forty five or something. Yeah. But uh, so I did that, and then uh, one of my friends, like I put it on my Snapchat or Instagram story. Yeah. And one of my friends who was living in the beef at the time was like, uh, "What?" He messaged saying, "Oh my god, can you send us this? I want to play it in like this West End." Bar. Who was that? It's called Luke Gaskin. Okay. He runs like Pop Wonky. Yeah, yeah. But um, he said, like, "I want to play it at Wonky and a beef at night in the West End." And uh, I sent him it. And then some other lass who was living at a beef at the time, she's like, sent us this and do you know this tune? And I was like, well, people obviously like this. So I put it on SoundCloud. I had no followers at the time, like literally like 100 or something. It was all, all people I knew. That's mad. And I put it on SoundCloud. And uh, all of a sudden it got 100,000. Like it's like pretty fucking quick That's as insane. well. And I was like, what? Do you know who was sharing it? Or just everyone. It wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like big players. No, no, no. Just everyone. No one was playing it. It was just, I know, it was was the most natural way, and I'm proud of that. Amazing. So then uh, I was lying in bed with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, I was like, oh, I didn't want to say his name on Facebook because it's a little bit different his real name. Uh, Michael Beebe, I did you as a friend. I was like, this is mad, and obviously he's like smashing it at the minute. So it was on Facebook because it's Instagram. Yeah, it's on Facebook. Okay. So I did this as a friend, and I accepted and two minutes later, he messaged us saying, oh, yeah, I just heard Crest Me on a SoundCloud. Can you send me that? And blah, blah, blah. And like a few other records yeah. that were on there at the time. So uh, Michael Beebe started playing it. And bear in mind, I started getting gigs just off this record now, even yeah. though it was out for free. Yeah. Like, I started getting bookings. But uh, Michael awesome. Beebe started playing it. And then... A few months after Michael Beebe playing it, Lee Foss messaged, messaged me on Instagram saying... Had you sent it to any labels? No, I, d- I didn't believe myself, man. Like, <coughs> I didn't, That's mad! No one had lo- uh, listened to any demos I'd sent in the past five years. And even when I did listen, it was like, all was a knockback. So Lee Foss messaged us on Instagram saying, is it still a- available to release? I was like, well... Everyone, like, had you given it as a free download? No, yet? no, no. Right. Just but, uh, people had YouTube reps. Or yeah, like yeah, SoundCloud yeah. like reps. But... Uh, you hadn't done a free no 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 just in case I always had that in my mind yeah but uh, Lee ends up taking it and signing it and then after that they obviously just came out so how long I always love this question how long from you going to track whatever and getting that sample to the record coming out eight months I think like Which that. is actually quite quick, considering like the sample as well, like clearing yeah, everything as well. That was... So, did, did you clear the master sample? Or did you have to get it re? No, I cleared it. Cleared the master. Cleared as well. the master. Yeah, yeah. So that was I was happy with that because I, 
I just don't think you could have matched it. I don't want to say quite a simple vocal to do, yeah. but it's like the quality of the vocal and it's everything. It's the rawness of it uh, that yeah. kind of gives, and, and you write quite like, and I mean this with all respect, you write yeah. quite raw yeah, records, yeah, or yeah, oh, those no, ones I, anyway. No, no, like I, they are quite like raw and chunky. Yeah, and, like, exactly. So you want that old ravey, high pitched kind of like. It's like one of the new things I've got on that future releases. Um, just didn't get it for you. No, no, like I like the re-sing okay. o- over the original because it's like okay. this record sounds like a bit more modern and it doesn't have like that uh, like old schooly sound and I don't want like a lo-fi sound and okay. the original recording that vocal was. Okay. Well, just, yeah, hello, just, as a, just a quick one like for people that like might not fully understand why better your voice than mine. Why in the record industry do you sometimes get re-sings or, or replays? Um, some people's publishing the dickheads. <laughs> so that's right. I'll give them a diplomatic answer. <laughs> so basically, just sometimes you might sample someone's record, and ultimately, there's two things that you need to clear. One is the, the, the publisher on the record who wrote the original record, yeah. but there's also the master recording, and someone who owns the master recording either might not allow you to use it, or they might try to ask for absorbed and absorbent amounts of money, yeah. which is why you would basically get it replayed. So you own that master recording. And then you have to give them a lot of the percent publishing sometimes. <laughs> um, which is right, Kevin Harris writes on his own record. Ah, I see. Very good. <laughs> Doesn't sound well. um, right, okay, so we've covered we've covered quite a lot there. Um so really the gig started to take off yeah. off the back of But I was also had like a few other tunes as well, like this one called You, Me, Me, Jane Corey, and they were like they've never had like any promotion. Like out of all they've all like got like thirty, forty thousand plays on SoundCloud. And you're putting all this stuff on SoundCloud, just, just not, it's not for download. Not, Obviously people yeah. can rip it, but it's just on SoundCloud. How many followers have you got now? Uh not that much. I'm only gonna like five thousand six hundred. Right. But like could come like from a year. Yeah, like, so it's nothing. Very, 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 yeah. very good. Um Right, so then so then from from those gigs, like what have you I guess like what have you what have you learned really, like in the last year or 18 months like as, as what you've understood the industry oh. to be changed like oh yeah I have, I've, I've noticed some like bad things man okay like uh, like some of the records I'm going to release in the next year are crossovers yeah like, whereas like, they're going to I'm hoping yeah have, like a bit of commercial success yeah because some of my taste is commercial yeah but this is what I don't understand about the music industry right if I was to just make underground records which I've got a lot of them coming out as well yeah I would get more money from just doing underground records because a lot of promoters would prefer me to just do underground records. Okay. Do you mean more money from, from gigs? From gigs, yeah. Okay. And I would get a lot more bookings if okay. I didn't do these records. Okay. But because I do these crossovers, people would be like, oh, he's sellout, oh, he's going commercial. Okay. But no, I'm not because if I wanted to be a sellout, I would be doing the complete opposite. I'm just doing what I want to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't get like that. Like well, I don't think, but interestingly, I don't see it like that at all, right? I don't, I'm talking about you. Yeah. I'm talking about the industry, like, because the most successful people in the industry of which we're probably talking, for example, someone like MK, yeah. right? MK makes pop records. Yeah, but, but, if, but if you go and see him in a club, yeah. he plays underground. He plays yeah, an underground that's, set. that's what I want to be. Like yeah, that. but he's making he's making chart records with Becky Hill and that's, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not um, criticising him for it, but like, and then I got a promo from, um, and I love the Salado lads and that, but I got a promo yesterday, dropped in new Salado and Eddie Brown record. And I was like, oh, what fucking massive sample of the just ripped to shit. And it's in and out of my life. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, if I did that, like everyone would be like, we've heard this sample a hundred times. Aye. So, so but again, what I mean is, oh, I love that too. Oh yeah. yeah but they're making, but they're making, they can now, in that Michael Jefferson thing, they can now make those radio friendly, vocal records yeah and then that gets them even more exposure to go and do club gigs where they just play underground yeah techno and house. i think it's because they've been around longer though i think that's the thing if you build your foundation okay on just you're un- being underground and okay. having that coolness about and it. then you have a crossover but I'm, I'm, i think i might be doing it too quick but it's because i i fucking want him like yeah. i'm proud of him and, and i think and i think like you know you've you've done like stuff really quickly and it's been amazing where you've got in the time that you've got to it but like I had a bit of a break from from making records for, for various reasons, and like I came back, and I think and I speak to a lot of people now, and like it's difficult if you are trying to put yourself into a box and go, oh, I can only make yeah. this type of record, 
And I really struggle with that. And ultimately, like, I'm never going to have the sort of success because one day I'll be like, oh, I just want to make a massive cheesy disco record yeah. because I love it. And like, and, you it's know, totally and, and, like one, yeah, and you know what I mean? And you had it on there, like that Casey Sunshine thing. Like, yeah, it's yeah. totally cheesy, but I was just like, made me so happy making uh, it. Then the next day I'm like, right, I want to make a really cool, defected record and try and make something like that. And then the next day I'm like, oh, I want to make yeah, a breakbeat old If you school. can, man. <laughs> if you can. If you can. The thing is, though, that's what I'm saying about the new producers at the minute. A lot of them can't do this. So why wouldn't use it to like yeah. do more things like I don't want to just make 5,000 Christmas or like a like I've got like a release coming on Trek which is like a pretty Wicked. fairly underground label yeah and they're like underground tunes but I don't I don't just want to do them I like I want to do everything I can do and want to but do but it crosses over what you said before You've got to enjoy it. Yeah. Otherwise, how are you going to spend this amount of hours locked in a small yeah. room on your own making fucking tunes? I think I think it's up. I think the way of life at the minute, like phones and that, sound like a proper tinfoil hat wearing. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know what I mean? Like everyone's like stimulated so quick by everything. Like life's so fast now. Yeah. People expect to get good straight away. Yeah. Like the the one just like especially when you start DJing now, everyone just gets a set of decks and like, all oh, right, I'll make my own tunes now. Yeah. They don't realise like it's not just like your decks where you press and play. Yeah. Like I thought. <laughs> but um But uh, my point is that I don't I don't think I'm not just saying this because I'm sat here with you. Yeah. I don't think I don't think making records that you like makes you a sellout. Do you know what I mean? I think if you were sat here with me No and, I mean it's like if the like if I, think, I didn't do if I didn't do any underground records again, right, and I just did these commercial ones, people would be like, it would be a lot easier to just do underground at the minute. Yeah. Because it's. I get you. Yeah. Like, get you do saying. get more money off, like, the. Like, if you go and play for Ants. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you go and play for Ants, you're going to get, like, a hefty. Like, yeah. Booking fee. But if you go and play for some club in Zanti because you've had the top four. I mean, here, it'd be interesting to compare, for example, Joe Corey's earnings. Versus, I mean, I'm not going to pick someone ludicrous like Horton, but like, you know, even someone like Will Clark or whatever, like, I'm, and again, I'm not picking on anyone here, but like, mm. it'd be interesting. And I don't know, like, I, I would I would be guessing that Joe Corey's getting like, I don't know, five grand, maybe yeah. even more. Even for like a Zanti in the summer, might be getting 10. I don't know. He's had big re- re- radio fucking hits. Yeah. But, I think he's like a really successful, he's going to be successful for a while now, isn't he? He's got. Both them records that just came out with, like, yeah, he's probably got into that like Sigala mode of making those like oh, similar yeah. sounding don't, records. Don't. Do you know what I mean? That goes garagey baselines. Oh, yeah. So what's like? So then, <clears throat> so it's been quite a, a quick rise, but it's not. It hasn't because you've been in, you've been producing records for like what ten years been since you started. Producing. Uh, well, not because I had that two year break after I realised reason was fucking solid. <laughs> <laughs> No, I swear to God, man, that, that could have ended my career. <laughs> Someone's selling you reasons. <laughs> but you I still can't use it now. But my point is, is, you're not an overnight success. You've been no, producing no, for, God, you've no. been sat making beats for 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 for, for a lot of yeah. for a lot of years. I'm a slow learner as well. Yeah. You know? I'm like I'm quite slow. Okay, and then and then, but you, you're getting you're getting a lot more gigs now. Um, yeah, but this is a problem as well. Caress me. I didn't expect that. Like fucking get signed, so I had nothing lined up. Right. Which did not. Benefit as whatsoever because people like. Do you mean other tracks? Yeah, I had nothing. Okay. So and obviously by the time a label, even when you do make something that a label wants, and by the time it gets released, yeah. My next release, cross me, was May. Yeah. And I had any. That May of last year, twenty nineteen. Yeah. And then any twenty nine came out in September, and then after that, I had nothing, man. Yeah. And I was like, shit, this is this is fucked up. And people were wanting records off you, right? Yeah, like, like you I told had, me, you were going for meetings. Oh and... yeah, man, like spinning and like shit, like that. Were like contacting, I was like, this is mad, like. Yeah. And like, like even having like. Uh, like Ministry of Sound coming out, yeah. I was like, bloody hell, this is yeah. mad. But I was like, oh, I've got nothing though. Yeah. So I, <laughs> but I spent two months like just sitting down and. Uh, did you lock, did you I, just did that? Do you know what you did? Like lock yourself away and you yeah, were like, fuck, I need, to get, I need to write some fucking records. Yeah, no, but I didn't. I made shit panic records because <laughs> I was <laughs> I was making records. That Man, was I love so... your honesty. <laughs> I love your honesty. They're like so like you know when you're panicking because you have nothing lined up. I was just like, right, I made this, I made this, and I've got like I made like twenty tunes in a month. Right, and they're all shit. <laughs> but um, I cooled down a bit because I like, I got this remix that's just came out, and I was like, right, there's one. But then I can line up these other things. Then I started going through old ideas and like redoing them. Yeah. And now I think I've got throughout the year I've got one coming out on Armada's subject next month. Nice, cool label. And then I've got Trick, obviously. Yeah, which it's, is Patrick Toppin's label. Yeah. Fucking super cool. Solid grooves. Amazing. Um, Ministry of Sound. Um, I think that's a lovely balance, man. I, I, fucking, I think that's wicked. Repopulate Mars again. 
And um, are these all singles or the EPs? Or like some uh, all EPs. All right, cool. Yeah, Even oh, no, no, they're solid grooves. Oh no, solid grooves and uh, ministry singles. Singles, yeah. But I, so I'm like happy with how the year's looking now. Good, but like last year, I was like getting proper anxious, man. I was like, I'm gonna be fucked because you don't want to feel like, and you definitely haven't done this. You don't want to feel like you've missed your chance or you haven't capitalised on yeah. that early. Because one of the people that always like, and there's a couple of people, and it's, it's unfair to name them really because I'm sure they maybe feel shitty about it. But there's a couple <laughs> of people who you hear, I'll tell you after. <laughs> there's a couple of people who you like hear about and see with a massive record mm-hmm. and then you don't see much from them afterwards. Yeah. And, and I guess you kind of go like, I guess you kind of go like, shit, did they get fucking super lucky? Or did they just get like full of anxiety and you know what I mean and struggle Stop, yeah. and struggle afterwards and, and it's not making judgments at all. No, but... mine's like I, my mind is just panicking, man. It's horrible. Like because obviously I didn't. I don't have a job. This is my job, and I'm not gonna lie, I didn't have much money. Yeah, especially then I was like, oh fuck, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get a normal job, and I'm still did pre- like. And I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna ask you pounds and pence here. Did caress like did caress me like like because people again some of the people who don't release records won't know about this. Yeah. it's not like. You well, you maybe tell me different, but from my experience, very rarely it's not like someone just gives you a five grand when they like your no. record. Like that doesn't happen. Like, and even if you do get money, it tends to drip and it tends to come a, a long time yeah. after. I think. Uh, well, Did you I, get an advance for Chris? We don't tell you. No, no. Um, uh, I got offered one off someone else. Okay, but it, I don't think this is a cool label. Yeah, yeah. but uh, with Chris, me like, and how much publishing did you have to give away on the record? I can't even remember. I don't okay. know. Have you got I, some permission on it though? Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but my, my manager knows he went over, he's been over the contract. But yeah. um, the f- the first statement I got was a like January to June last year. Yeah. But the record came out on May thirty first. Yeah. So that's like a PRS publishing statement. Like one day worth yeah. of <laughs> one day worth of amazing. Me. But there, uh, I should get the next like in the next month or something. I don't cool. know how much it's going to be. I hope. It's- yeah, we were talking so that I just recorded. I think this is weird. The order it's going to come out in, or maybe it will happen like this. But I just recorded one with Tim from Utah Saints, and talking to him was like super interesting. Yeah, and, and he was saying that like so everyone will know pump it up by Endor. Yeah, now I don't know what um, he tells quite a cool story on the podcast, which you'll hear after this. Cause I think I'm going to release your one first. Mm-hmm. But he tells quite a cool story. Basically, Endor played at a festival that Tim creates, and it was just a DJ tool like last year, and no one thought it was even going to get a release or anything. Uh-huh. But um, Tim was sort of saying off one of his, like, off one of their um, tracks, he just got, like, you know, a year later or 18 months later, he just got, like, a check for, like, 18 grand or something through the post. And he was like, oh, the fucker. <laughs> uh, but he was, like, he was like, I think Endor will do well if he's got some publishing on that record. But he, he might not have even got a, um, he might not have even got an advance. Like, an advance is if you get paid up front from the label. You might not have even got an advance from Defected. But because of all those radio plays and because of... Oh, that would have generated... Yeah, because of all those radio plays and everything else. But he's still probably not even looking to get that money until like nine months after, like nine months after by the time it's accounted for and then yeah, paid. Yeah, because it's like, it's like six. They, they get racked up in their six months, right. and then like the three months is when they're then they account it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it it, it doesn't always. So you've, you've you've told us a little bit about it. So what does like the next? Obviously, fucking coronavirus, fuck off. Oh, but God. what does the next like? What does this year? Like, have you got a lot of? Obviously, shout out to you're going to come and play. Um, we're going to come and DJ at our night, like on yeah. the Thursday the 9th of April, if it's still on. <laughs> but give it a Google, me and me, me and Ben. But um, what you, what else have you got booked in? Have you got a lot of stuff booked in for the summer? Like, um, what does this year? More hold? That's what I'm saying. Like, I'll be completely honest. Yeah, like after my release, I had like a string of like a good amount of bookings coming in. Yeah, but then everyone was like, I think promoters didn't want to gamble because I haven't, I didn't announce anything else. Yeah. So, but now I think people are starting to see like, oh, well, he's getting the trick release, and then yeah, after these two releases. But yeah, I do have like a bit planned for the summer. Like I've got some gigs like popping about. But are you, uh, you, you, you going to get on any of the trick lineups with Patrick? Don't I think? I, so. do, I don't want to see. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but you hope so. Yeah, that I would think because there's a big. Because if anyone doesn't know and can't tell by the accent, there's a big like local. Yeah. No, like, I think there's. I think they're in talks at the minute. Yeah, and you're because because you obviously live. I'm um, your gaff, and Patrick doesn't live. Patrick's I think three minutes away. Three minutes <laughs> away. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So there is a kind of any twenty nine northeast. Uh, what would you say? Was it is something? It, that's not far from me. Is it time mouth? Is it what would you? Yeah, this is Shields. Shields, right? North Shields. Yeah. Um. So there is like a geographical thing. Um. What so like so there's throughout this. Things popping in. What I think is interesting about about you as well is like you're not like a manufactured 
social media created oh God, load no. of hype. I wish I was. <laughs> no, yeah, but, no, but, but I mean, like, your social media is good. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And, like, in it, but not in a kind of like... The natural. Yeah, it's natural yeah, yeah. and it's organic. I mean, it's not like, it's not polished or anything. And I love that about it. But what I mean is, and the story that I didn't know about Crash Me is like, realistically, you have, in a lovely fucking turn of fate in this world right now, really broken through on the back of music. Yeah. Not broken back, on, broken through on the fact that you've got a million, um, you um, you know, Insta followers because you're doing fucking stupid shit all the time and yeah. like, and you're funny and all the rest of it. Like, which is great to those people who are doing that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. But I just mean that. Like, I just think it's it's really nice in this day and age that you've broken through on the back of music. Actually, I appreciate that. And, and the fact that you, you're, you're, your socials back that up. Yeah. But it's not driven by your socials. It's driven by music. Yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Like, I think the only thing I post, like, every now and then I make a piss on a night out and <laughs> a video of my friend doing something Cut. stupid on Instagram, but the majority, like, the only shit I post is, is me in here. Me yeah, me. I love watching what was one was it, Little Peach on yesterday. Like, I loved that, like... Um... Ah, either, uh, just like a gif or something. Yeah, no, no, but it was a new track, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. What was that one called? Oh, I'll have to... Uh, it's called... Uh, Rock Me or something. No, Booty Call. Booty Call. Yeah. It was like a little peach and that, and I was like watching it on the story and stuff. Uh, I love stuff like that, and it's like... So I just screen record my SoundCloud, zoom in, and then put a gif over that's it. That's it. what I do. And then, and then I, I was like, I liked one of the comments on yours. I can't remember what, it, what track it was on, but it was recently, and someone was just like, best like, bass lines in the business. <laughs> I, was, I love that oh, comment. I've seen that. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was wicked. So like, so going forward, you've got a load of releases. Um, that's going to, no doubt, bolster all the gigs and stuff. Yeah. Um, we're going to wrap up the podcast in the same way always wrap it up which is i'm going to ask you to like curate your like dream gig like so you can play on it if you want if you if not if you just want to go to it, you can go to it i want like a venue so it can be like a real place like it can be like digital ministry of sound it can be glastonbury it can be or it can just be like a you can just say i want to do it on a in a small club or in a big club or on a festival stage yeah and then i want three acts there's not so much a headliner it's just that there's three acts those acts can be a band, a DJ, a back-to-back, it can be you, it can be dead or alive, it can be whatever the fuck you want. It's just in the moment, it's just how you feel in the day. Like, if you could have this gig, what would it be and where would it be? Oh, I'd want to do something on a big scale. Cool. Local. Okay. Like, I, like uh, I would, I've always wanted, had this idea, like me and my friends always talk about, like, imagine, like, you know how they do, like, the uh, Mouth of the Time Festival? Yeah. Like doing that, but like a massive like rave, like a proper rave. They would never give it in time out. Is but. that like by the Priory and stuff? Yeah, like yeah. The, it's in it's the Priory. Yeah, like, imagine been, like yeah. a big castle rave in there, man. A big class, but like they don't put dance acts on. So well, it's fine. This we're allowed. So yeah. we're gonna do a big outdoor like rave right. down there, big stage. Yeah, I'd have like obviously people like Logo, like Ellie Adamson, yeah. Patrick, yeah. me, yeah. Um, Sorry, he's doing well. He's yeah. doing really well now. He's class. Yeah, I'm bugging him for a podcast. So if you're listening to me, no, he's very, he's very, very good. <laughs> he's uh, like just local people, and then like maybe like one mad like super. So who's a mad fucking, super headliner? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's not like Patrick's not a mad. Super. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, I fucking, I literally would want some like mad like the Chemical Brothers or something, cool. man. Like something. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, that would be my... Wicked, man. If people want to check... Uh, I should have done this before that question. If people want to check you out, check out your music, everything else, where can they find you on SoundCloud, Insta and all that? SoundCloud, like, do I need the link? Because I can't remember. I'll just I think it's it. a slash Ben Hemsley. All right, so it's just like, search Ben Hemsley. Search Ben Hemsley on SoundCloud. On SoundCloud, Spotify, Insta and all that shit. Deezer, if you're an idiot and use Deezer. What the fuck's Deezer? I, just, <laughs> I don't know. My music's on there, though. All right. <laughs> Uh, YouTube, whatever. Yeah, nice one and loads of and and a shout out to Ministry, Repopulate Mars, Trick look, releases coming. On, yeah, and yeah. I'm out of subject. Oh yeah, soon. yeah. Also, obviously, also which one's one. coming first? It's all murder, next right. month, eleventh of April. Nice one, thanks for chat, man. Hey, Cheers, Thank for that. Felix Lighters in the house. The podcast about DJs, what they do, and who they are.